That was my game changer. I was able to take it from really a hobby or fun to creating viral reels that ended up causing me to explode in growth. So I went from zero to 15,000 followers in 31 days. Welcome back to Influencer Business, the playground for brands and creators. I'm your host, Austin Munhofen. It is great to have you here. We hope you are well. We have an awesome episode lined up for you today. We're sitting down with Carr Brulhart of KB Brand Marketing. Carr is someone who I have personally worked with, someone who I admire. She has a great story. She is bright. She is well-researched. And earlier this year, she grew by 15,000 followers in just 31 days on Instagram. All organic growth, all strategically. And a little bit more about her. She has years of experience working at innovative startups and has created marketing campaigns for well-established brands that you've heard of, like Michael Kors and Google and even the UN. She has won many international awards for her work, and she helps small businesses grow on Instagram. I am so excited for you to hear all of the awesome insights and tips and tactics that she shares in this episode. But before we get to that goodness, some other goodness I want to share with you is about this season's sponsor, CJ. CJ, if you're not familiar, is the affiliate network of choice for influencers and content creators. Whether you're looking to earn long-term residual income from your favorite brands or you want more opportunities for sponsored content, CJ offers an easy-to-use supportive solution with tools and dedicated experts that help set you up for lasting success. I have personally worked with CJ on influencer campaigns, and they are great. One of the best parts about CJ is all the data, all the data that you have at your fingertips to help you plan and optimize your content based on what's performing. And did you know you actually have access to the same data as the brands, which leads to better decisions and even stronger partnerships? So I highly encourage you to check them out. And you can head over to cj.com slash trove to learn more. All right. I'm so excited for today's episode. I feel like our listeners are getting a treat because today we have Car Brulhart on who helps overwhelmed entrepreneurs grow on Instagram. And she is great. And I feel like I can personally vouch for that because I have known her for a little while now and she has helped me. And I am just so excited for you all to hear all of the great gems that she has to offer. So Car, welcome to Influencer Business. Hi, Austin. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here. And I guess we should just dig in. I feel like we should do a little bit more chit-chat, but um, I know that our listeners are anxious to hear all of the tidbits and, and valuable advice you have to give. But before we dive too far in, I always like to start with a background, um, like a background of you, maybe even before your explosive growth, because we can certainly get to that. But just share a little bit with our listeners about where you came from, from a professional landscape. Sure. I have quite a colorful history, uh, which led me to the marketing world. Uh, out of university, I actually was a tax accountant for close to five years in Vancouver, Canada, where I'm from. And the only reason I ventured into marketing was because I moved to Berlin, Germany 
to be with my now husband at the time. And it was one of those like aha moments that I realized I did not want to be an accountant. I really had this creative side of me that I wasn't flexing. uh, And I loved business development. So I learned German. And then I was really lucky to be hired as part of um, one of 10 founding members uh, for a startup of the United Nations World Food Program called Share the Meal. And there I was responsible for all of our social media execution strategy, uh, partnerships, celebrity relationships, PR, and business development. Uh, so that's like it in a nutshell so that people don't get bored of my long story. Wow. That sounds like a lot we could unpack. A, a very adventurous um, life there that we, we could probably unpack. I think that's so cool. Um But okay, so that was great. Now help us bridge the gap from that time in your life to KB brand marketing. Yeah, so that was seven years ago. So I have seven years of experience doing social media strategy. And I've really found my niche with Instagram specifically. And through a series of just wrong fits in terms of companies that I worked for, various startups, I ended up Um, losing my job at the start of the pandemic at at a startup that I was working at while I was nine months pregnant. And this was unfortunate. It it was no fault of the company. We were a vitamin company and they couldn't get the, the supply in. And so everybody lost their jobs. And it was a great moment to realize that I, you know, I was unhappy I wasn't feeling satisfied in the type of work I was doing in my career. And I always felt behind because, as I mentioned, I was doing tax before. So when I compared myself to my peer sets, I always felt like I was a little bit junior or a little bit inexperienced. Um, But, you know, that was actually a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to come up with this concept, which is KB Brand Marketing. And it's all about helping overwhelmed entrepreneurs grow organically on Instagram, which is really what I'm passionate about. Wow. Um, I never told you this, but just to like have a really raw moment, um, I feel like I can kind of identify with you in terms of the losing the job, not during the onset of the pandemic and while you're nine months pregnant, because that is like so many whammies all packed into one. I can't even count. I feel like we got to multiply them. But I do remember in 2016 when I was pregnant with my first child and I was working at a new company and it just wasn't making it, uh, I was laid off. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm three or four months pregnant, like who's going to hire me? But then Mm -hmm. I thought, wait a second, like I'm not really showing. I have the advantage of kind of like camouflaging my bump if I need to, you know, do any job interviews, which first of all, is kind of a sad thought that we have to, that we immediately go there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the truth. (sighs) Thankfully, I got swooped up very quickly by another company back then. So I didn't have to go through. Not surprised, Austin. (laughs) (laughs) You're so kind. Didn't have to go through the hide the bump exercise. But so uh, when you started KB Brand Marketing, how like now talk us through you had the idea. Was your goal and your vision when you started the same as it is now? No, not at all. And it's changed a little bit along the way. So for everyone who doesn't know who I am, 
Uh, I launched KB Brand Marketing on Instagram in late December as just a sort of a random account sharing tips and tricks about various topics to do with marketing. It wasn't even specifically to Instagram growth. And Reels at the time had just launched, I believe, a month prior. And I was seeing a lot of these kind of coaches and Instagram experts and other types of educators showing up on Reels and doing really quick tips and things. And so I immediately thought, oh, I can do what they're doing. And I think I can do it better. And so I started creating these terrible Reels that were, they're still on my profile, if you dare to look. I've kept them there for laughing purposes now. Um, But long story short, I ended ended up getting childcare in mid-January for my now 14-month daughter. And that was my game changer because I was able to take it from very sporadic random posting. It was really a hobby for fun uh, where I had a couple clients that I'd already had um, who had found me just through word of mouth uh, to creating viral reels that ended up causing me to explode in in growth. So I went from zero to 15,000 followers in 31 days. And from there, I was just forced to pivot. So initially, I thought, oh, I'm going to be this boutique brand marketing agency, and I'm going to do only done for you services. And I'm going to have this like huge team working under me. And I'm going to lead the team. And I actually did do that for like, I don't even know now, maybe one month. And I had a few clients and I hired a team and I realized very quickly that I did not want to be doing that. Uh, I was having a lot more joy in my one-to-one strategy calls on the whole one-to-one side um, where I was kind of the ideas man, but I was not responsible for execution. And so, so that was another pivot. And then my most recent pivot was realizing that I'm losing my voice. As you can hear, it's raspy for a reason. Uh, I've kind of just been doing too many one-to-one consults now. And I would love to venture into more um, scalable income. And that is in the form of group coaching. That's awesome. That's awesome. Lucky ducks out there who get to do group coaching with you. I came on in the beginning of your 31 days when you started growing, because I remember you didn't have, uh, I mean, the follower count that you have now, you had like close to, I think, 1,000 or 1,500. And I remember that because I try not to let follower count um, taint my view on the kind of value that people are putting out there because I work in an industry that is very um, centered around follower count, sometimes to a fault. And we have to educate brands sometimes, uh, depending on the brand and their size and experience working with influencers, that it's not all about the follower count. Um, There are other other, um, metrics to look at when it comes to the value of a partnership. And anyway, all that to say, I remember thinking like, this girl is the real deal. She, I like what she's putting out. I feel like it's coming from a very... uh, well-researched perspective, very educated perspective. And um, I just thought your content was so true and so real. And I remember just texting, not texting you, I didn't know your number, um, message, <laughs> DMing. DMing you, DMing you <laughs> over Instagram. I slid into your DMs <laughs> and I was in the Costco parking lot. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I remember this. Isn't that so funny? You have a great memory. (laughs) Well, some things. Um, But I was in the Costco parking lot and like within five minutes, I had booked a one-on-one with you. 
Um, but anyway, okay, going going back and digging into the memory vault here. Since then, it hasn't even been half a year, and now you have twenty five thousand followers. And I think it's, I think that the zero to fifteen k follower count in thirty one days is really impressive. More impressive, totally organically. Like, can you? Talk about what did it take to go from zero to 15K in such a short period of time? Yeah. So, one of the biggest, I would say, like vaults to that was that I was able to use Instagram Reels. I don't think that without that product, it would have been possible. That's one thing. The second thing is that I had a really clear strategy. And I'm really data-driven, thanks to my accounting degree. Uh, And I'm obsessed with analytics and data and sorting it and understanding it. And in the early days, I'm not as good now, I've gotten lazy. I actually was tracking every single piece of content that I was putting out there and looking at everything from like saves, comments, shares, impressions, reach, followers that came from that post. And then adjusting my future content strategy to just create more of that similar type of content. And so that was really critical. And I teach that to my students and I'm doing it albeit sporadically now still. Um, It's really important. And the third thing that I think was really the key here was I created a community. So I wasn't focused on my follower count. I was actually focused on meaningful one-to-one relationships and really trying to understand who the people that were following me were um, as much as I could, especially before I started getting, I think, more than like 4,000 followers. It was still very doable to DM every single new follower I got. I would message them personally, tell them about myself, and we would start a conversation. And that was critical. And so those are what I call my, my most loyal, my super fans. And they are the ones now that are repeat customers, first ones to buy when I launch something, and they're the ones spreading the word. And I think that that's what a lot of um, brands forget, and influencers as well, who've perhaps been in the game for a while, is that we all need to go back and really focus on this community building aspect and addressing um, the, the commonalities that we all share And I think that that's one of the reasons why I've been successful on Instagram. Yeah, that's amazing. How? So I think that that was a really good point about community building. Um, Because that's what Instagram was created for, is to build community, not just to collect a certain number of followers. Um, So for people who have maybe a larger following, 100 thousand K plus who obviously can't get to every DM. How, what are some, um, and I know this is, I'm asking you a question for which I'm asking a like very generic response, but Mm -hmm. how would you recommend they strategize and create a more engaged community when they're, when they have so many people following them? So one is very easy. It's just having the auto responses in your DMs. Uh, So a lot of people, once they hit a certain follower account, they can't keep up, myself included. So I've hired an amazing woman to help me filter through my messages. And the ones that I need to reply to personally, she flags for me. And so instead of having 600 messages every week, I've got five. And then she has auto canned responses in my tone of voice that I've written 
that she knows to send for people who are just inquiring about general topics. So that's one way about it. And then two is really about focusing on, again, your content pillars. So content pillars are your key themes or buckets that you're always going to be talking about. And a great way to incorporate those is by doing stories that tie back into those, right? So it's not just on your feed or in your reels, but it's also in your stories. And I love that you can use stickers and polls and quizzes and question boxes on Instagram stories. And that is a great way to keep engaged with your audience, get, have them get to know you, have them feel like they have a say in what's coming or what you're doing or what you're wearing uh, or what you're buying. And you'll find that when you do reach out through stories by using stickers as one example, uh, people will be responding and they will try to to get to know you better that way as well. Um, so those are kind of two easy, easy ways. That's great. I really like what you had to say about even the stickers because we sometimes with um, my talent who are influencers, we get into a situation and we're like, oh, it would be great if we could figure out what um, what your followers are most interested in terms of content development seeing in this next year. Like we, we did that when we were doing some end of year strategy work and we pulled the audience and some answers we were anticipating and others we weren't. And it was really great to see. And then I also remember with another talent, we decided to pull uh, her audience on a particular topic because we thought if we had some data on this topic, we would be better positioned to pitch to some specific brands. Because I mean, if if the data was you know in their favor, and it was like, hey, eighty percent of our followers are looking for X product, and you have X product, I think this would be a great fit. So amazing. There are some really um, good, creative, strategic ways that you can use things at your fingertips that aren't always hard. Like they're right there. And sometimes I think we overthink things. We think, oh, if it's not hard, it's not going to be good. Yeah. And the fact is that that isn't always the case. You know what? I feel like a lot of us who have been in marketing for, you know, the last 10 years, it feels, or more, have a bit of an old mindset that every single thing we put out has to be a unique campaign and every piece of content has to be different and go viral. And that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally (sighs) agree. So you've already given, I think, some really valuable and useful tips and tricks. Um, let's, I I almost want to shift gears just for a second, because I want to make sure we cover tooling. What do you feel like are some must-haves, nice-to-haves when it comes to software to help you in your Instagram game? Yeah, Um, it's funny. I am more of like a purist in that sense. My must-haves are basically two things. One is a very good analytics platform. I like using Not Just Analytics. Uh, That's the website, notjustanalytics.com. I should be paid for that. I I also love Canva. I do not have any um, graphic design experience and I create all my templates and and all my content in Canva. So those are my must-haves. I do not schedule my posts as often as I'd like. I like to live post. 
Um, but when I do schedule, I actually like using the Facebook business manager for that because it really allows you to craft a different message for both your Facebook audience and your Instagram audience. And you can add links to Facebook where you wouldn't add them for Instagram. You can post carousels, which a lot of the other scheduling apps don't allow you to do. And so I would say those are my must-haves. And then nice-to-haves, I would say uh, Visco for editing photos. Adobe Lightroom is a very nice-to-have for me. I don't edit a lot of photos. I used to. Um, and, oh, a must-have, actually. A third must-have or fourth must-have is InShot. The InShot app, it's fantastic. It's free. And it's great for, for anything to do with editing Reels. Mm, nice. And Reels still being prioritized by Instagram, like all video content? Yes. Reels is still being prioritized. Uh, we found out recently through Adweek that Instagram has been running ads in a few beta countries like Brazil and India. And they're going to be moving into US, Canada, UK, I believe this month. And so we know that Reels is a priority for Instagram and they're going to keep pushing views towards it. That's awesome. Reels Insights. Yeah, Reels Insights was released, I believe, last week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what day it is anymore. Yeah, so everyone was waiting for this, especially the creator community and influencers because, you know, we were going viral or we were getting some, some Reels were performing and the next one would just, you know, crash. And so... It's a fantastic way to understand now how many impressions, how many plays, how many likes, saves, shares you're getting, and just a nice extra extra metric to track in that data sheet. A hundred percent. And this is something that we're going to be using for, for brands at Gush & Grow um, when we pitch to brands because some of our creators are awesome at Reels and these analytics are just... Um, showing us even more how awesome some of these reels are. And I remember when it came out, like we were all DMing each other, being like, it's here, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we were very, very excited about that. Yeah, it's just another thing to add to your media kit. You know, take your best performing, your top three reels and put those stats there and really flex that to the brands you want to work with. A hundred percent. What about, we've spent, I feel like a good bit of time talking about um, influencers, and but there are brands out there who yes. maybe don't realize the extent to which they could be using video content like Reels. I mean, what's an example of how a product-based business could utilize Reels? I love Reels for product-based businesses because it's such a cool way to showcase the various use cases for your product. So right away, my mind goes to clothing or jewelry. You know, you could do really fun transition reels, showcasing different outfits or different ways to style a piece, even different makeup looks and just apply a trending sound to it. And you're golden. You're golden. <laughs> the trending sound. Don't forget the trending sound. We haven't really talked about that. How, how does one know what a trending sound is? <laughs> So it's it's hard to, to describe, right? Because sometimes you just know. Uh, but the best way I can explain it is if you're scrolling through Reels or TikTok and you start to see the same music in a few different Reels or a voiceover often being used, that is a signal to you that that sound is trending. And I don't want people to get caught up in, oh, but has it been trending for a while? Is it still relevant to me? If it's still being 
if people are still creating reels with those sounds, it's still trending. It's still relevant. It's still going to be a good idea to use it. That's awesome. So click that save button and add it yeah. to your, your vault of music. Save that sound. Save that sound. That's right. <laughs> So, Car, if people would like to hear more about you and the services that you offer and how they can get connected with you, where should they go? Sure. They can go to Instagram. I'm KB underscore brand marketing. Uh, my website is kbbrandmarketing.com. And I've just today launched a group coaching course uh, to teach the power of reels. And it's going to be 90 minutes with me once a week. I've got two expert coaches who are teaching with me transitions and hashtags, and I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. And can people go to your website to learn more information about that or Instagram? Instagram or my website. And what is your website? kbbrandmarketing.com. All right, kbbrandmarketing.com. Awesome. So before we get into how the, the questions, which is how I like to end all episodes, it's just a, a fun way to close out our time together. I want to address one thing that I do feel like can be very heavy um, on everybody. And that is the pressure to constantly be on social. Yeah. For, I mean, this is universal to never let that story ring go to go blank, to always be posting X number of times a week. And something that I really like about you is your healthy approach to social media. I've seen you post in your stories hey, I'm taking a break uh, for the holiday weekend to spend time with family, really looking forward to being back on Monday. And you've mentioned when you get back on Monday that hey, I lost like X number of followers over the weekend because I wasn't active. But you have a really healthy mindset because it doesn't seem to uh, to, to bother you that you are prioritizing your sanity over losing maybe a handful of followers who aren't going to be your loyal super fans anyway. So can you share a little bit of your perspective with us on how what it what it looks like, at least for you, because it's different for everybody, what it looks like to take healthy social media breaks. Yeah, I think this is like you said, something everybody struggles with. Uh, there's definitely, I'm not like some perfect person that's able to switch on and off easily. I also struggle with it. And sometimes I struggle with it more. And finding now as I'm getting larger and have more people messaging and commenting and following that the pressure to be always on is even bigger now. and I always just have to check in with myself and figure out, okay, am I spending enough time with my daughter? Am I calling my friends? Am I still doing all the other things that are important to me? Cooking dinner, calling my mom, uh, you know, going for walks with the dog and also reading and doing things away from the screen. And so that's really important for me to just do those check-ins. But my biggest advice is to not get so caught up I talk about data and looking at the analytics all the time, right? But Instagram has this really nasty way of making you feel like everything's gone to shit, excuse me, uh, because you haven't posted for a day. I will look at my analytics if I, if I go quiet on the weekend, let's say, if I just do a couple stories all together because I don't want to go on again. Um, from the Friday to the Monday, I'll see this vast dip, like a huge crevice of engagement rate dropping supposedly and like my reach just plummets. But then within 24 hours, it's back to normal. And so 
I don't want people to get caught up in this stuff. It, it, some of it is fleeting. You know, you can go viral and that can also be it for you. But I think it's what you do with your community and how you communicate and bring value to people is what you should be focusing on. And if you're just posting for the sake of posting or just showing up in stories for the sake of showing up, I think that's when your quality declines. Mm, that's awesome. That's really valuable advice. Is it better to not show up than, and than show up and put out like mediocre, maybe less than mediocre content? I think so. That's That's been tough for some of my clients is telling them, you know, you just posted this because you thought you had to post something and it looks terrible and it's hurting your engagement right now. And so I 100% would say if you can post less often, but high quality content, do that. That's great advice. All right. Now for the questions, some of which you were prepared for and some not because ah. the rapid fire ones I like to keep, you know, tucked away in my back pocket. <laughs> so... I know you're going to like this first one. Favorite food or meal? Sushi. Ooh. What, like what kind of sushi? I love sashimi. Just raw. Give me all the raw fish. Nice. Very nice. What are you most excited about in this industry? I'm most excited about what's coming. I feel like we're just touching the surface of social media and the possibility of it to connect people across country, but also just the potential of knowledge sharing that's coming. I, I'm really excited for that. Favorite smell? Oh, wow. My daughter's neck. Love a good one. The, the, the baby smells are really good. Yeah. Most used app on your phone? Instagram. <laughs> Just in case anybody had any doubt, it's Instagram. <laughs> it's Instagram. Last Google search. Oh, wow. I'd have to look that up. Oh, interesting. Personalizing your email campaigns on Squarespace. All right. Very good. And one accomplishment you're proud of from the last two months. I'm really proud of the community that I've grown uh, and everyone that's part of it. It's one of the most satisfying things. And just getting to know people and meet people and know that I'm helping them has been really, really satisfying. That's awesome. Well, Cart, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, to see you, whether like this or see you on your Instagram account, <laughs> I, which I check very regularly. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast and offering your insights. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And I'm looking forward to staying in touch and seeing everything that's coming. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please drop us a five-star rating or a glowing review or both, not or, and do both. It takes less than 30 seconds and we would so appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Influencer Business. 